Welcome to the Navigating Cancer Together podcast. My name is Talea Dindi. I am a 10-year cancer thriver, cancer doula, and owner of On the Other Side. I use my experience to help others get on the other side of cancer. This podcast is about sharing stories, resources, and information about all things related to cancer and wellness. I interview guests from all walks of life who are living with cancer, caregivers, and those who made it on the other side. Also, I talk with organizations, healthcare professionals, and experts in the health and wellness spaces who offer complimentary and integrative care. Join me. We are in this together. Hello, and welcome to Navigating Cancer Together. My name is Talea Dendi. Today, we have two very special guests with us, and they are doing some amazing work to help people with the healing process. Our first guest is Deborah D. Miller. She has a PhD in cell and molecular biology and is a trainer and expert in EFT tapping. She is also a Reiki master, life transformed coach, and internationally renowned author. Since 2007, Deborah has been working with children suffering from cancer, helping them and their caregivers alleviate the fear, anxiety, and stress arising from serious illness, and to better understand the need to cleanse and nourish the physical body as an integral part of the healing process. Easing pain and emotional distress in children and adults whether from an illness or traumatic event, is what drives Deborah's unshakable devotion to supporting those who are suffering with tools to navigate and self-empower, creating hope and well-being. Our other special guest is Stephanie Marone. She is the author of 10 books, including Seven on Natural Medicine and the executive editor of the peer-reviewed scientific journal, energy psychology. Stephanie has practiced in animal communication and energy healing for animals using EFT and other energy medicine modalities. She also runs the Animal Messenger Sanctuary. It's a safe haven for farm animals. Since 1993, Stephanie has operated Angel Editing Services, specializing in books on mind, body, spirit topics. Welcome, Deborah and Stephanie, to the show. Thank you for being, you know, some amazing guests. And thank you so much for spending some time with us to talk about the amazing work that you do. And um, Deborah, why don't we get started with you? Please tell the audience a little bit about your background and uh, the amazing work that you're doing. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for having, having us on your, on your podcast. It's real, a real pleasure to be here and to share some information about the, the book EFT for Cancer. Uh, my background is all the way from growing up on a farm to uh, education and biology and a doctorate in cell and molecular biology, and then coming back around to uh, other complementary techniques, including Reiki, including other um, techniques all the way to quantum physics sorts of uh, opportunities and meditation 
And I've been using EFT tapping for a long time and it really resonates with me because of the science behind it showing how useful it is and also how easy it is, particularly when I was working with the children with cancer. They need something fun and easy and tapping is very easy to use. Okay, thank you, Deborah, for sharing that. And in what ways has EFT or tapping been helpful for children with cancer? Well, I had the opportunity to work in a hospital setting using EFT. And the thing is, you can do things very quickly. So if a child, for example, is afraid of a treatment, you can use EFT tapping to help them calm themselves and relax and relax their muscles. So even something as simple as putting an IV in becomes easier because they're calmer. So they're not fighting the nurse to have it put in. They feel calmer. Usually the nurse uh, feels more connected and, and usually manages to get the IV in on the, on the, first, on the first try. Uh, other examples are just them helping them calm themselves and not be angry or be sad or be worried or fearful. And those things help a child uh, feel very, very comfortable in knowing that this is part of their, their journey in uh, moving beyond cancer. And then, you know, along with that, it um, can be really fun and playful. So you can do things in a way that with colors and images, because a child, you, you can usually ask them, how do you feel? And they go, bad. Well, that doesn't give a lot of wording to help you determine how to use the phrases that go along with tapping, but you can use colors and images and make it very playful. Uh, just to give you one, I asked a, a child, um, if he had a power animal, what would it be? And he said, a horse. And I asked him what color? And he said, blue. And I'm kind of ready to go, well, horses aren't blue. And then I went, it doesn't matter for him. The horse was blue and he was imagining riding free on this horse. So he has now a visual image of himself freeing himself of, of cancer. And he has an image that empowers him. And he has an image and a technique that allows him to manage his emotions with my help or on his own. For example, um, Diego was three at the time that I started teaching him to do tapping about his anger because he, he was one of those little angry boys. Mm -hmm. and, and then all of a sudden his parents see him out in the patio doing tapping and they're like, why are you doing that? Well, I feel better. Mm -hmm. And then I taught him how to use it for a spinal tap, which is one of the most painful things for a child to experience and helping him relax his body. And he would practice this all on his own before he would have to go in to the treatment room and when his parents asked him again, why are you doing that? He goes, well, it hurts less. So mm -hmm. from a child's perspective, you know, if you have something that makes you feel better and you have something that makes it hurt less and you have an image of, of yourself being free, then you've provided a tool that's very, very useful for a child. And then along with that comes the part of the parent, right? So the parents are worried, they're fearful, they're stressed, they're anxious, they've got a lot going on and they're worried about their child. But the thing that happens is a child looks to their parent and when they see their parent really worried, then they get worried. So doing the tapping with the parents always supported them to relax, be calm and be present for their child in the most calm way possible in, in this difficult situation. And I noticed that every time the parents would tap, either on their own or 
when we were doing it in front of the child that they both relaxed, right? And so these are just some of the benefits looking at how you can use tapping in that situation. And then in the hospital setting, it even went beyond that because I had the opportunity to tap with the nurses. So the nurses are stressed. The nurses are the ones that are there. They're the ones that sometimes get yelled at by the parents or the child because they're the ones that are dealing with them all day long. And so helping the nurses to calm and relax as well created a very interactive relationship and created a lot more cooperation between the nurses, the parents, and the child. And so that just made the whole working setting so much easier for everyone involved. So that's just to give you a little bit of an idea. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing all of those examples. One question that I have for you that might be helpful for the audience is, is some is tapping something that you can teach someone very quickly? It sounds like um, it's something very easy to do. You were able to teach a three-year-old. So can you talk a little bit more about that process? Yeah. The actual tapping process taps on various uh, meridian endpoints, and you can just teach them to do it in a rhythmic form and so that it just becomes very habitual. And yes, children can learn it very, very quickly and they can use it on their own. The art of it comes in the wording and looking for the the root causes underneath, but it doesn't mean someone can't use it, right? So let's say you're really stressed and really worried and your your fear is up at a 10 and you just use the tapping points and, and just keep doing rounds and rounds of these tapping points and you drop it down to five, you're definitely in a better place. You may not have found the core reason for it, but it's extremely useful, right? And so, yes, you can absolutely use the technique on your own. If you wanna look for deeper underlying, maybe childhood beliefs or underlying beliefs that are affecting you during your treatments, then it's always useful to work with someone else, right? And sometimes it's just nice because we want that support. It feels good to have somebody just lead me. I've got enough going on, right? Just guide me through this. And so it becomes a very uh, beautiful way to work as a team. Wonderful. I love that. Support is so important, especially for anyone who is involved in the cancer journey, whether it's the parent, the child, um, the medical workers, they're all, all involved. And it's a great tool for everyone. So with that being said, Deborah, would you be willing to do a live demo for myself and the listeners and kind of instruct us? Um, so that we can follow along. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. Um, do you want to pick pain or fear as a as a let's, topic? Let's start with fear. I think okay. right now a lot of us <laughs> have experienced a great amount of fear with everything that has been going on, and yeah. so let's let's focus on fear. Okay, so I'll do it a little bit symbolically, a little bit like I do with the children, just to give you an idea how you can do that. And I'll just explain the the tapping points very briefly. So we're going to use two or three fingers on one hand and we're going to tap on the side of the hand, the other hand, right? So it's kind of where the fleshy part is on the side of the hand. We'll also tap on the very top of the head, the very center. We're going to tap on the eyebrows, which is the closest to the nose portion of the eyebrows. We're going to tap on the temples on the side of the eye. We're going to tap underneath the eye. We're going to tap underneath the nose. We'll tap underneath the lips 
And then we'll tap on what just below the collarbone. So you got that big pointy part of your collarbone and then you go out and down just a little bit, just a little bit of indentation. And then we can tap underneath the arm as well, okay? So those will be the points that we'll use. And so what I want you to do is, um, do you wanna be my, my echo? Do you wanna just think of a fear and, and tell me where you feel it in your body? And then everybody listening can do the same thing. Think about their fear. Where do they feel it? Do you feel it tightening in the gut or is it in your chest, your heart? Do you feel it in your mind? Somewhere, anywhere, it doesn't matter where it is. Mm -hmm. Shoulders. Shoulders, okay. Mm -hmm. And then on a scale of zero to 10, how strong is that fear? I would say about a five. Okay. And then if you have to give that fear a color, what color is it? I would have to say green. Green. Yeah. And the thing <laughs> is, it's like the blue horse. It, it's irrelevant what color comes to mind. It's just the color your subconscious is connecting with the fear. So we don't have to analyze it. We just go, okay, it's red. It's gray. It's black. It's green. It just is what comes to mind at the moment. Okay. And that can change depending on the time you go back and look at fear. So let's just start with um, um, tapping on the side of the hand and we'll just do a real simple round to start just to show you how easy you can make this. So even though I have this fear, and then if you repeat out loud, that would be great. Mm -hmm. Even though I have this fear, I am a wonderful woman. I am a wonderful woman. Even though I have this fear, even though I have this fear, I would like to love and accept myself completely. I would like to love and accept myself completely. Even though I have this fear, even though I have this fear, I don't want to have this fear. I don't want to have this fear. Okay. Tap on the top of the head and just say, I have this green, green fear. I have this green, green fear. Okay. And then tap on the eyebrows. I have this green fear. I have this green fear. Yeah. And then side of the eyes. I have this green fear. I have this green fear. And then underneath the eyes. I have all this fear. I have all this fear. I'm not even sure why. I'm not even sure why. Underneath the nose. I have all this fear. I have all this fear. And then underneath the lips, all this fear. All this fear. And then we'll tap under the collarbone, all this fear. All this fear. Yeah. And then underneath the arm, all this fear that I feel. All this fear that I feel. Okay. So let's go back and tap on the top of the head. Okay. Um, I would like to let go of some of this fear. I would like to let go of some of this fear. Okay. And the eyebrows closest to your, to your nose. Okay. All of this fear, I would like. I would like to let some of it go. All of this fear, I would like to let some of it go. Side of the eye. My fear is green. I would like to let go of the green. My fear is green. I would like to let go of the fear. And underneath the eye, I would like to let go of some of this green. I would like to let go of some of this green. This green fear. This green fear. Underneath the nose. So I choose to imagine the green fear leaving my shoulders. So I choose to imagine the green fear leaving my shoulders. And underneath the lips. I just imagine it leaving my body. I just imagine it leaving my body. The green leaving. The green leaving. The fear leaving. The fear leaving. My shoulders relaxing. My shoulders relaxing. And collarbone. Yeah. I just let it go. I just let it go. And then underneath the arm. It's okay to relax. It's 
okay to relax. Okay, let's take a deep breath. And exhale. And then just close your eyes again and look at that fear that was green and in your shoulders. What does it look like now? It's turning yellow. It's turning yellow, yeah. Is the number the same? Actually, it's more like a one now. Yeah, one. Okay, that's beautiful. Should we do it just a little bit more? Let's go. Okay, so um, let's just let's just continue with the with the tapping points. Top of the head. The rest of this fear. The rest of this fear. I let it go. I let it go. Eyebrows. The rest of this fear. I let it go. I rest the rest of this fear. I let it go. Yeah, on the eyebrows. I let the rest of this fear go. I let the rest of this fear go. Side of the eye. It's okay to be calm. It's okay to be calm. It feels better to feel calm. It feels better to be calm. Underneath the eye. I let go of the rest of this fear. I let go of the rest of this fear. I let my shoulders relax. I let my shoulders relax. Underneath the nose. It's really okay to be calm. It's really okay to be calm. Even now. Even now. Under the lips. So I let go of this fear so I can be calm. So I let go of this fear so I can be calm. And think clearly. And think clearly. And the collarbone. What a relief to let go of this fear. What a relief to let go of this fear. And be calm. And be calm. And under the arm. I'm letting go of this fear so I can be calm. I am letting go of this fear so I can be calm. And be present in this moment. And be present in this moment. Okay, take another deep breath. And exhale. Close your eyes and look again. What's happened to that green that went yellow fear? It's like no color now. No color. Mm-hmm. How do your shoulders feel? They feel good. They don't yeah. feel tight anymore. Yeah. And did like a 0.5 stay of the fear or it go to zero? It's at zero now. It's at zero. Mm-hmm. So it's just a simple way of, um, particularly with children, they can just pick a color, right? And even adults, it's because sometimes we get stuck in our words, right? Mm-hmm. And then you can go back and use all the words to look more in, in depth as to what is going on. So I mix and match depending on what the person needs. Um, but it's a simple technique and it's a beautiful technique. I would have to agree, Deborah. It's it's very easy and it is beautiful because you get to kind of create, be creative in the process. Yeah. And it actually does bring you into the present moment. So I love that. And um, what kind of feedback, you know, have you gotten from people that do this on a consistent basis? It, has it made a big change in their life and worry and things like that? Oh, absolutely. So what happens is you're consistently breaking the, the circuit or the pattern of, of fear or worry. And so then you're literally breaking the neural network that, that creates that pattern, right? The, the thoughts, the feelings, and the biochemistry that keeps running it. And so as you keep doing the tapping, you're lowering your stress hormones. You're raising your regenerative hormones. That's just good for anybody, right? Mm -hmm. And then as you keep doing the tapping consistently, you're telling yourself, I have a different story. Oh, I'm more relaxed. I'm not a worrier. Oh, look, I'm not so worried. Oh, I'm more relaxed. This feels really good. And then then as you start tapping, 
then your your whole system goes, oh yeah, we're doing that tapping thing. Time to relax, right? Yeah. And so it creates beautiful, beautiful changes in, in your perspective and really can help you change very profound long-term um, traumas and situations into calm and optimism. I love it. And, you know, I think all of us, have been through some form of trauma. So just having this tool is very important. Thank you, Deborah, so much for walking me through that. No, you're welcome. And my final question, Deborah, is um, please, you know, talk about how you help a child or adult leave the body with grace. Mm. Yeah, it's one of those difficult things you learn when you're working with with somebody who has a serious illness, Mm -hmm. because we all want them to survive, right? Exactly. And I found that most of the time it was one being present, honoring who they are and where they are in that moment, um, usually doing tapping with them and whatever fears they have. And many times it was tapping about um, the image of what it's like to be on the other side. Oh. Okay. So uh, we would um, look at the beauty, the freedom, the joy you know, the painless body, the, the freedom to run and play in the case of the children, right? Mm-hmm. And so we would do that. And also the aspect of tapping, knowing that it was okay for them to go, right? And that their family members may be sad for a while, but then they'll be okay. And in my case, I was there as often as I could to help their family members actually be ready to release in this case, their child, which is a a very um, difficult situation. But when they became calm and the child became calm, then, uh, or adult, it it doesn't doesn't matter which, Mm -hmm. they become in a very peaceful state. Mm -hmm. Their breathing calms, they just, they come to this total acceptance that um, everybody has their moment to leave, right? And I would tell the children, this would happen fairly often. A child would pass and then the next, all the other children were worried and said, well, I might be next. And I was like, you know, Mm -hmm. everybody has their moment and no one goes a second before or after their time. And that's one of the things that I learned. And so then it's like, okay, maybe this is my time. So then I can be calm, relaxed, and very, very peaceful and fill myself with the energy of love. And that's pretty much the way that I would help people move into that, um, the place of acceptance, right? And leaving with grace. Wonderful. I love that. And you made a very important point, Deborah, about a lot of times people hang on because they don't want to feel guilty about leaving, you know, and they just want to know that it's okay, that their loved ones are going to be okay. So, and there's many, many cases where, um, I watched uh, a father accept a a little girl needing to go and the mother didn't. And the mother finally accepted and the child within seven hours left. Like it just, you know, that acceptance of of family members of of saying, I release you, I give you permission. It's okay, I'll be okay. Then it allows them to go more deeply into that state of peace and have their own personal journey you know, to stay, get better or leave, right? Because sometimes even that permission helps things change. 
But then if it really is their time to leave, because their body just doesn't want to be here anymore, then their soul can gracefully leave. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, well said. Deborah, thank you so much for all of the very helpful information that you've shared and for walking us through the tapping technique. Now, if people want to learn more about you and the work that you're doing, where can they find you? Yeah, they can go to my blog at www.deborah, which is D-E-B-O-R-A-H, last name Miller, all one word, dot O-R-G. So that's deboramiller.org. Wonderful. And I will make sure that Deborah's information is in the listen notes so that you all will, you know, be able to find her fairly easily. So Deborah, thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. And Stephanie, I um, have some very interesting questions for you. And um, the first question is, why did you write your book about cancer? First, I want to say thank you so much for having us on today. And Deborah, I'm just thrilled with you as always. It's <laughs> wonderful to hear you talk in a public forum about all that you know. It's just beautiful. So I'm, I come to this as a writer first. I've been writing since I could hold a pencil in my hand. <laughs> and my mother used to um, kind of school me in poetry when I was very little and gave me a journal when I was very little. So I've been writing for many years and I eventually came to natural medicine. That was a couple of decades ago. So I've been writing about that for a long time. And I've come to see through, through my experience, both per personally and professionally, how powerful natural medicine is. And then I discovered EFT tapping. Um, it's, it's a very powerful energy method. I use it all the time myself. Um, I have a, also have a farm animal sanctuary. I use it on my animals. Um, it's, it's just really, it reduces stress and, and upset so easily. It, and don't we all need that? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, the reason why I wrote this particular book was Dawson Church and I were thinking about writing a book on cancer. Um, he's the one who uh, started the, the National Institute for Integrative Healthcare. He's very devoted to putting out research on EFT so there's over a hundred studies on EFT, but when you experience it personally, I think it is the most powerful. So you realize all that it can do for you. Um, so what I saw, what Dawson and I looked at was that there was very little information out there about EFT for cancer. Mm -hmm. And with cancer, you've got the whole range of experiences that you go through when you have cancer, all the, all the emotional upset, the anger, the, the fear, the anxiety, all of it. And that is the area for EFT because it can so deal with all of that. So I wanted to fill this gap in, in the information out there because I think it's such a valuable tool for anyone, anyone, anyone at all, but anyone who has a serious illness and then anyone who has cancer, I think it's a very valuable tool. And so this book, EFT for Cancer, fills that gap. And I, I also wanted to say that I think it's needed now more than ever um, because in the last decade, this study just came out, they did a, a global survey, and the number of cancer cases has risen by over 26% in the last decade, and the number of cancer deaths has risen by over 20%. So when we look at the numbers of this, these percentages translate in 2019 alone, 23 million new cancer cases worldwide and 10 million deaths from cancer worldwide. 
these are huge numbers. And obviously we, we need to do whatever we can to ease this journey that people are having to take with cancer. So many people are having to take. So EFT's tapping is something you can do on your own. And yes, it is good to have a practitioner for the more serious issues that you're doing, but it's always at your fingertips, literally. So it's self-care that can ease every single aspect of the cancer journey. You can use it for everything. So when you're sitting there waiting for your diagnosis, you can tap to ease the anxiety and the fear. And this is just such a great tool that I wish everybody, I wish they would, they would teach it in emergency rooms and in hospitals and any kind of medical setting, any clinic all around the country. And this is the one of the things that Dawson is working on because we're, we're working on it with veterans and he's testified before Congress on the use of this for PTSD. So it is an incredibly useful technique. And I, I just really, I I've had people in my life, of course, we've all, all probably all of us have had people in our life, our lives who have cancer, have had, had cancer, who died from cancer. Um, I've had many, and it's, it just speaks to my heart to offer this tool. Mm-hmm. So that's why I wrote the book. Wonderful, Stephanie. And you, oh, wait, have- I just want to ask that. Um, I just, I just want to also say that um, we, appro- I, I looked around for a co-author and I wanted an EFT practitioner because I use it with my animals, but I am not an EFT practitioner for people. So I really wanted someone that had experience using this with people with cancer. And I'm delighted to have found Deborah. And it was just a perfect match. I agree, Stephanie. Definitely a perfect match. You you two make a great team. And you have made so many great points so far. And it is a great tool for self-care and there are so many emotions that a person goes through when they receive a cancer diagnosis and just waiting to get test results. Let's just start there. How much anxiety and fear that creates in a person and having something like EFT to help them work through that anxiety could be a huge game changer for people. Yes, and people can go online um, to EFT Universe and see videos of the tapping points. I, I just want to say that the collarbone point is a little down from where you were tapping, Talea. It's down a little mm-hmm. farther on the bony part that's down below. Keep going down there, there. And you don't have to get each point exactly right. You don't have to get it exactly right, but to be in the general area is a good idea. And then I also want to say the underarm point is about the place on the body where a woman's bra would hit. So it's a, it's a little farther down from your underarm. Yeah. Gotcha. Just okay. to clarify. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. And so Stephanie, um, this is so important. How can people that reach survivorship use EFT? How can it be beneficial for them? Because they face a new reality, a lot of unknowns, a different set of unknowns than someone who has been recently diagnosed or going through treatment. In what ways could, you know, EFT and tapping help someone who has reached survivorship? That's a really good question. And I I remember that during the AIDS crisis, that the people that got to have the protease inhibitors early enough Um, that they actually survived, they had to reinvent their lives because they were all expecting to die. Mm -hmm. So that was a, that was a big teaching then about what do I do now? I'm going to live. And 
I think EFT is great for, again, every single aspect of that struggle or um, that, what do I do next feeling or, uh oh, now I have to be really good in life because I, because I survived and there's all these people that died. So survivor guilt. Um, and so you can just tap on all of that. And, and it's also very important as a survivor that you do emotional hygiene. So EFT tapping is great for emotional hygiene. You do it every day or you do it as often as needed. So whenever you're feeling upset about something, tap. Because if you don't, that's going to be stored in your energy field. And you, you don't, the stress on your body will continue even after the moment that you're feeling it. So it's really a great idea to practice. This is stress management. This is energy hygiene. This is emotional hygiene just to keep on top of all the emotional upsets of your day. So you can just tap quickly. As you saw from the demonstration, you can get the, through the points in under a minute. Mm -hmm. And depending on the language you use, and you don't need to get hung up on the language. Um, that's a question that people often have with EFT is what do I say? Yes. Um, you can see, and, and I want to say that there are many scripts in the EFT for Cancer book. There are many scripts. And Deborah is brilliant at writing scripts. But it is said, often said in EFT that, that it's best not to use a script. I, I, my feeling on it is because it's best to have it be in your own words, like you had the, the green fear to mm -hmm. but you, the script is a great place to start. And we say throughout the book, modify the script as needed. So the script, the, these scripts give you a, a beautiful place to start for every single one of the issues that we cover in the book, which is goes through the whole gamut of cancer experience. So it, it's really, it's really important to use your own words, but you don't need to get hung up on it. As long as you're tapping and, and, and feeling what you're feeling at the moment, it'll have some effect for you. So in terms of the survivors, some of the things that you could tap on would be um, tapping on the side of your hand, even though I feel so guilty about the fact that I lived and other people have died, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. Even though I'm really worried about what I'm going to do next in life, I can let it unfold and I love myself. So you, you can just tap in that way on any issue that comes up and you can see how flexible it is because you can use any language. You just keep changing the language as your feelings inside and your thoughts inside change. Wonderful. And this this is very a personal tool. It sounds like, you know, you just tailor it to what works best for you. Exactly. And it's so flexible. That's what I, why I say flexible. And again, this can accompany you on every step of your cancer journey. And it's, it's really up to you to practice this hygiene or, or, stress management techniques so that you keep your upset at the lowest level possible. Because when you do that, your immune system will be stronger. We, you know, there's tons of research showing that stress lowers immunity. Yes. So all the most, most you can do, the best you can do to remove, to remove the load on your body, to reduce the load on your body, um, the better chance you give to bo the body to, to practice its innate ability to heal. I so agree, Stephanie. And that's a great example of why it's so important, you know, for people with cancer to clear out those negative emotions. One, may I add a couple of things for survivors? Sure. One of the biggest things that 
survivors have is the worry it's going to come back. Mm -hmm. So you can tap to lower the worry about it coming back. And, you know, like um, I did with the child with the blue horse, you can tap along and creating phrases that are stating and looking at your continued health. So you can use it as a tool to kind of visualize and focus in on the health they want, but you can remove all the worries about it coming back as well. So as you keep lowering that, as Stephanie was saying, then you're lowering the stress hormone, you're lowering that emotional load on your body, right? And then you get to recreate your life, which is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Thank you for adding that, Deborah. And that is a great point. So Stephanie, um, what I was saying was that um, you shared a great example of why it's very important for um, people with cancer to clear out those negative emotions you know, um, because it can suppress your immune system and things like that. Do you have any other examples or reasons why it's important to clear out those emotions? Yes, um, we know that if you're angry or anxious, anxious, your body is in stress. So that's, that's a natural defense against a perceived threat. The problem comes in with that your, your mind interprets this threat whether it's something in the external environment or whether it's a negative thought or emotion in your head. So you're going to, you're going to trigger the stress reaction. If you let those, those angry thoughts, those anxious thoughts, those anxious feelings, the angry feelings, if you let any of that continue on, you're going to have the stress reaction and it can become chronic. That is so, so negative for anyone with anyone, but it's negative for people with cancer, particularly so again, anything you can do to reduce your body's load is paramount if you have cancer. And also um, you'll feel better because if you're walking around with all these unresolved emotions, you feel terrible. So it's simply a matter of, don't you wanna feel the best you can while you're going through this cancer experience because it's hard enough as it is. And to be able to be calm when you go in to have chemotherapy, that would be amazing. And it would be wonderful. It would, it would so much, it also, it, it's so much better for your, your, your body, mind, and spirit, but it also may even improve the prognosis, improve the, improve the outcome of those treatments because your body's, ex, you're opening your body to accept them lovingly and willingly to say, you can even tap on uh, the, you can even tap on the success of the treatment. Even though I'm worried this isn't going to work, I open to the possibility that it can. And that I, I open to the, to the idea that this chemotherapy is my friend, that it's going to help me and it's going to get rid of this cancer. But you can use this for every aspect of treatment, not just something like chemotherapy. So when you, if you're going in for surgery, you calm, the, the research has shown that the more you can calm yourself before this, if you're in a state of acceptance and calm, when you go into surgery, your body's not locked up in this pain. So if you hold your muscles tight, they're going to hurt more. And and cutting into your body is going to be worse for you. So if you can do anything you can to relax the body, it's going to be much better for any kind of intervention um, that involves cutting or surgical intervention. So it's really great to be able to use EFT to clear all of that tightness. Um, so it's, it's both physical and mental, it's both physical, mental, emotional, and for many people, spiritual. 
Um, it's not a religion. You don't have to be any certain religion to do, to do EFT. It's not a cult. It's not a sect. It's just simply a tool at your fingertips that you can use in any situation where you have a little upset going or a lot of upset going. Thank you for sharing that, Stephanie, because people do have a lot of questions and you've touched on a lot of great points. You know, it isn't a religion or anything like that or cult or anything. So thank you for clearing that up. And uh, Stephanie, one thing I do want to um, cover before we move on is your work with animals. There are a number of people out there who have like service animals that help them. What are some ways that you can take care of their animals and help them to release a lot of the stress and tension that they've taken on from their owner? Oh, Tulay, I'm so glad you brought that up. It's so near to my heart, that <laughs> whole subject. Um, so uh, I recently, I have a farm animal sanctuary, as I said, and I recently have a, a new member of the family. This is a pig that was a service animal for a military person. The military person is, is being deployed overseas and they did the right thing by their pig, their emotional service animal, because they gave her up to me. This is not a boarding facility, so they had to turn her over to me permanently. This is a forever home for all the animals here. So that was a very um, loving and giving thing for that person to do, to give up their service animal in this way. And it was a mo very moving to watch the goodbye. But this, this animal, as many, I've worked with a number of service animals, uh, particularly dogs, but this, in this case, it's a pig and her name is, is now Lila. Um, Lila, her energy field was so out of whack. There's 10 points that I assess in the energy field in the work that I do. All 10 of them were off. And she was kind of cranky. Um, and, but I think it was mostly from fear that she's in a to totally new situation. And so I used uh, my energy healing techniques. EFT is one of them. But in this case, I used healing touch for animals. And I, and I, and also an, I do animal communication as well. So I was telling her the whole time I was working her with her, that this is her forever home to ease the anxiety of the change. And she's doing much better. In fact, she did a pig thing for me, which is, you know, you're really in with a pig when they lay down on their side and invite you to scratch their stomach. <laughs> so I, I got that gift from Lila. So all is well now, but interestingly, and that this would be true of humans that, all humans that do work, uh, healing work with people or with animals, um, that you're at risk yourself taking in all the terrible stories that you hear and that your, your energy field is probably getting whacked unless you're doing energy work. So as an EFT practitioner, many of the practitioners have told me that, and I know this from myself, when I do energy work with the animals, I'm clearing myself as I'm clearing the animal. It just happens naturally. And so it's really important for anybody in the healing profession to make sure that they're doing energy hygiene to keep themselves healthy. So the, the stress management maintenance, whatever it might be, and EFT is a great tool for that. It's really, really important to keep yourself clear so that you're not taking on the emotions and upset of the people that you're working with, which is what Lila was doing um, as a gift to her person. She was taking that in. And so it's very important to do that kind of clearing. 
I can relate to that, Stephanie. And I think that's a great point, um, especially for people who work in the healing field, is that you have to take care of yourself also and clear that out. And so um, thank you for mentioning that. Is there anything else, Stephanie, that you would like to share? Yes, of course. <laughs> uh, I am just so... <laughs> I'm just so thrilled to offer this book and I'm, I have such a heart feeling for all of you out there that are dealing with cancer. And it's not just the people that are, that have it themselves, but also all the people in the, in the lives of people who have it, it affects cancer affects everyone. And I really hope that you can find the, the healing that you need to keep living in this life. We need you on this planet and that you can also find the, the help that you need to get through the whole experience because it is a very difficult one. My heart goes out to all of you in that way. And thank you so much to I'm just delighted that you had us on today. Absolutely, Stephanie, thank you so much. And I just appreciate um, people like you and Deborah who are out there supporting people like me who have had to go through cancer as well as their families and friends. And then also the um, healthcare workers and healthcare professionals who are helping to take care of people like me as well. So thank you ladies for everything. Stephanie, um, I'd like to ask, where can people find you if they're interested in learning more about the work that you do? Yes, thank you. It's uh, stephaniemarone.com. So it's S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E-M-A-R-O-H-N.com. Okay, wonderful. Thank you, Stephanie. And then your book, it can be found on Amazon, correct? Yes. Uh, right now it's as, as a Kindle edition only. It may be a print edition next year. We're waiting to see. But the, all of my books are on Amazon, as are Deborah's, and you can you can check us out. Great, thank you so much, and thanks for mentioning that Deborah's is on there as well. So thank you, ladies, and I will have that in the listen notes as well. And um, Deborah, before we move on to the final two questions that I have for you, ladies, is there anything else that you would like to add? Mm. Well, I agree completely with Stephanie on on the self care. So if you're a practitioner, then uh, particularly like when I was going in the hospital, that was one of the biggest lessons I had to learn was to take care of myself first, you know, and so this is a lesson for if you're a parent or a family member or anybody who is a caretaker, supporter, somebody who has an illness, um, our tendency is to want to give first, particularly when it's children. Um, but we have to take care of ourselves first so that we're in a really beautiful space to work with them and to support them and help them. And it's really okay. It's not taking away from, it's actually adding to the person's um, well-being. And to take all of these opportunities, you know, just as that is an opportunity instead of a trial and a trauma. And it's an opportunity to release old beliefs, old patterns, uh, recreate yourself and, um, and really let the best of you come out. And so, you know, the work with the children, I learned that we laughed and giggled a lot. And it seems contrary to what we believe occurs when you're going through a traumatic illness. But 
that joy and that love. I mean, love has a frequency that heals. And so when we can love ourselves and, you know, with the children, we talked about it as well. I mean, even them hated their tumor, hated the cancer. And I was like, it's like a child who's ill. It doesn't want to be hated. It wants to be loved. And so coming to a point where you can actually love this part of you that is ill and, and treat it as, as a part of you that really wants extra love and extra care so that it can heal itself and go away. Right. And so that became part of what we did as well. And so I really am a strong believer of bringing yourself into that real high frequency of love. Um, and looking at quantum physics, I, I've come to my personal belief that when you stay higher and higher in those frequency of love, illness doesn't exist there. It just doesn't. So, you know, that the old saying, you know, what the world needs now is love. It continues <laughs> and we need love. So let's love ourselves and love everyone else so that, uh, you know, we can live happier lives. I love everything about that, Deborah, And it is so true. Love does heal. I truly believe that the love that my mother and other people gave me when I was sick truly helped me heal as well. And because I've been through it, I can totally understand what you're saying about that. And I'm in 100% agreement. So thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. And Deborah, before um, we end here, I'd like to ask my guests two questions. Mm. So the first question I have for you is what is something that you've learned in life that you would like to share with the audience? Uh, I think I kind of stated it before, um, you know, where I was talking about taking care of yourself first, right? Mm -hmm. Really, you know, if we need love in the world and if you felt love really supported you and helped you heal, well, then we need to love ourselves, right? So being on this journey of loving ourselves is really, really important. And tapping is a tool that's fantastic for getting rid of all the reasons we dislike or hate ourselves. Right. Mm. And also others. And so that allows us to truly be that loving being. And so I recommend that everybody, you know, jump in, you know, and, and look at those beliefs and let them come up. And instead of pushing them away, you know, acknowledge them, use techniques like tapping to release them and really become the divine person that you are. So that, that's probably what I would, I would like to have the audience know is, you know, just love yourself. Yeah. I love it. Thank you, Deborah. And the final question is what's next for you? <sighs> I think it's basically a continuation. I am a, um, I love learning. So I'm always learning. I'm going to continue studying and practicing and learning new things because that one new technique, that one new little way of using tapping or, or some other technique may be just the key that someone else needs. So, um, so I'm always increasing my toolbox, right? So that I can be more supportive. And then, um, Ah, so part of it is raising the consciousness, you know, so of how love is really supportive for emotional and physical healing. Wonderful. All great next things to continue, I should say. And um, thank you, Deborah, so much for sharing all the wonderful information that you've shared. Thank you again for walking us through that um, EFT exercise. 
And um, please just keep doing what you're doing. We need you. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Such a pleasure to be here. Thank you. And Stephanie, I have the same two questions for you. The first one is, what is something that you've learned in life that you would like to share with the audience? I think the big one, it has to do with trauma. Um, a lot of people have been through a lot of trauma. I had serious trauma to recover from, and I really did not begin to live my gifts until I cleared that. And I used it, I did many things to clear it, um, and I had lots of help to clear it. Um, but uh, I would really love for everyone to be able to clear the path to be their highest selves. And it, that was a joy for me to discover that that's really possible. And research supports this in talking about the neuroplasticity of the brain. You do not have to accept the, the grooves, the patterns that your brain is in. You can change them. And that was something that I really did not embrace until I cleared some of my trauma because I couldn't see it. And just to know that there is a different way to live. You don't have to live out your patterns. And that's a really important lesson in life, I think. I would have to agree, Stephanie. Thank you so much. I do have one question. How long, if you're willing to share with us, just so people have an idea, and for people who are really serious about you know, living their best life, how long did it take for you to clear out that trauma? I don't think people are going to like this answer. <laughs> it took decades, oh, but, <laughs> but, but I would say about that, I, I think we spend, you know, I came into life as a seeker and I have been continuing to delve all the way through my life. And so I think the way it works is that it spirals. We spiral back to deal with an issue again. We clear it some more. We move on, go back and clear a little bit more, move on. So I think that I would say probably 10 years again to get better and then just better and better and better, higher and higher and higher after that. So that it, it just, uh, I would have to say the pattern now is it just gets better and better all the time. So I knew that I was in the clear when I woke up one morning with this sentence in my head. And the sentence was, happiness is my default position. Wow, that's powerful. And so listeners just know that it takes time and dedication, but it's never too late. So thank you for sharing your personal experience, Stephanie. You're welcome. And finally, Stephanie, what's next for you? Well, right now I'm working on another book. It's called Journey from Trauma to Sanctuary. The subtitle is Energy Healing and Animal Communication or the reverse animal communication and energy healing. I go back and forth. But what it is, it's a story. It really is a story of what one, well, I don't want to say one way. It's a story of recovery from trauma. And that's just for me and also the animals that I've worked with. And a lot, I, I'm really a specialist in trauma when it comes to animals, because that's, that's continually the, the ones that are brought to me, um, that to be able to help them clear some of their trauma, because they have as, as much as we do in many cases, 
they don't hold on to it if they can help it, but sometimes they can't help it because it's too bad. So this, the book is about my journey and their journey. And um, it's a hard book to write, but it's working out very well. And I'm excited. I hope to finish it this year. And then I'm continuing with my, my um, energy practice and um, with the animals, animal communication and energy practice that's ongoing. And I will continue with the work with EFT as well. I'm not sure what's next, perhaps a book on EFT for addictions. Wonderful. And congratulations on working on another book. And I know that it will be helpful for many people. And yes, I think especially in light of what's going on in the world or what has been going on for the past few years, EFT on addiction probably will be a major, major help and success. Thank you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Ladies, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time again to talk with me, to share your knowledge and wisdom with myself and the listeners, and for giving us all another tool to add to our toolbox of self-care. And I must say, this has been one of the most calming conversations I've had. So I want to encourage everyone to <laughs> definitely learn more about EFT and tapping. <laughs> Oh, that's wonderful. That makes me happy to hear. <laughs> All right. That's precious. And can I just add one more thing? Sure, sure. Can I just add one more thing to that? Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to say about what Deborah was saying about the take care of yourself first. Think of it like the oxygen masks in the plane mm -hmm. that you're supposed to put that on you before you help your child. And that's really a, a good image to hold on to for this work. Yeah. And, and another aspect of looking at this self-care, you know, talking about the traumas and the beliefs and, um, you know, we like a lot of times it's a work, you know, and it truly has changed for me. It's, it's a dedication. It's a devotion to taking care of myself and helping others. But lately it's come up. It's an honor. It's an honor to support myself and support others in truly letting go of what doesn't need to be there anymore and coming back to that loving self that we really that everyone really is what a wonderful way to end and you know i just want to encourage everyone to at least you know check out stephanie and deborah their information again will be in the listen notes and just check out and see what's available to you um, and it's as you've heard it's a very easy way and a quick way to take care of yourself, especially during those tough times. And so before we end today, I'd like to give a shout out to the listeners. Thank you for joining us today. That is it for this Wednesday. And until next time, let's keep navigating cancer together. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Navigating Cancer Together. I hope you enjoyed it please be sure to subscribe. And if you appreciate the show, drop a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. For notes from the show, visit ontheotherside.life and check out the podcast section. After you check out the show notes, head over to my gift shop and show yourself or someone special in your life some love with gifts of encouragement, hope, and positive affirmations. I would love it if you joined us for the next episode. Talk to you soon.